Hello and welcome to our LCI podcast here at Life Church. Today we are gathered here in one place in one accord with very special guest, First Lady and Women's Ministry Pastor here at Life Church, Gayla Boffman. It's nice to have you on. It's awesome to be here, Pastor yeah. Justin. Uh, thank you very much. I'm excited for this because the truth is we've had we've had Pastor on, we've had Miranda on, we've had Stephen on. Now we have you on. We got the whole family. <laughs> the whole family. It's <laughs> exciting to know uh, that there's a lot uh, in, in the church uh, uh, willing to be participants in the ministry of God. Um, but today I thought we would talk about uh, writing ministry, the ministry of writing uh, as an author, as a writer. Uh, I think it's encouraging to know that this uh, form of ministry has been around forever. Uh, you know, even uh, the subtext of what we use as guidelines and to reach the lost is the Word of God. Uh, it's a book, and you know, it's 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 many authors, but also, uh, one author over it all. Um, but I thought it was encouraging to know that there is a ministry beyond you know pulpit ministry and beyond the mic, uh, just like you know video ministry and other different kinds of ministries. Writing ministry is, is a serious ministry, and and you have been a author of, of quite a few books, and uh, likewise uh, your husband and 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 a few here at Life Church. Uh, but why don't we dive deep into the context of writing as a ministry? Uh, kind of maybe what, what has been your experience so far with it and kind of uh, maybe draw out the importance of it. Okay, well, let me just say that I did not start out being an author. It wasn't um, something that I thought I could do even. Um, I liked to tell stories. I told stories to, you know, our little kids when I was when I was 11 I was mm-hmm. telling stories to our little you know kids Sunday school and and I would just make them up you know and I just thought that was fun I and I didn't think about writing anything down I, it just was off the top of my head but um, I started out um, one of the first books that I wrote um, social graces Christian social graces mm-hmm. um, I started out by teaching the class at Christian Life College called Social Graces. Well, they asked me to teach the class, and I had no idea <laughs> what Social Graces even meant. I was yeah. like, "What? Well, what is it?" You know. And so I started looking things up, and and I realized that it's is basically a- etiquette. Mm. You know, like a way of you know graces, social graces, is sure. being able to be graceful in a social setting. So. Um, I started doing my research on that, and I could not find, there was some areas that were not conducive to Christian living that was in the etiquette part of, you know, these mainstream books. And so I didn't really want to feed that kind of information to young college students that were, you know, maybe just new Mm -hmm. and and w- just listening to everything I said, you know, which some some of them do and some of them don't. <laughs> and honestly, I learned probably more from them than they did me sometimes. But so I, I realized <clears throat> if I'm going to do a textbook, um, if I'm going to find a textbook, I'm going to have to do it. Mm. So that's how Christian Social Graces came about. It was a textbook for the next year sure. that I taught the class. Um, and... It was just basically for the students. I didn't write it for mainstream, you know, Christian people. Yeah. But 
um, a really sweet lady from headquarters um, was found out about it. She was talking to me. I had written a few things just for, you know, the women's magazine or, you know, reflections. And I'd written a couple of things. And I don't know where she got the idea that I could write, but she she tossed that to me and said, mm. you know, this is an area that nobody's written anything on. So there was an audience that needed what I could provide. That right. was the first thing. And so she kind of stuck her neck out, and I did write the book, and we did self-publish. Now, all of the books that we've written... Um, are self-published. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it do, you don't have to be connected with a big publishing company and sell your rights to your book. You, you, can, you can actually publish your own. You, you can be a terrible writer and publish a book, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's, I felt a little bit safe with that. Sure. But, um, but uh, the uh, United Pentecostal Church um, Publishing House did um, accept the book to get it out there to other other people and it was I was shocked that they even wanted it yeah well it's this big huge this 400 page book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it and and if you look at it and if you look through it you realize that it really is a textbook it's right. it's yeah. not something that you sit down and read from the beginning to yeah. the end you know and so this book is what kind of put me on the map for, as a writer for United Pentecostal Church people. Mm. And and I truly enjoyed writing it because I like that um, subject about, you know, and just to give you an idea kind of where I was coming from, um, I started, I started, it's basically how to be hospitable mm. in every, every part of life, you yeah. know. And, and I realized when I started putting it in, in as a book and as a less as a classes that, you know, to be comfortable in social settings or even one-on-one or teaching, you have to be comfortable in your own skin. Mm. You have to feel comfortable with yourself. Yeah. And so oddly enough, in this book, the very first chapter is on self-image. And some people wonder, well, what does that have to do with you know, social graces. Well, it has everything to do with it, you know? And so what I did was I established the value of a Christian through the eyes of Jesus Christ. And so it's got a little Bible in there, you know? And then we started, you know, doing some, the, the next part was your social image and what you think of yourself. So the first one is your self image is, I'm sorry, the first one is your self-image, what you think of yourself. Your social image is what others think of you, what they, oh, okay, yeah. what you, you know, personify. Oh, perceive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I talked a little bit about the gracious woman and, and starting with, with attitude and poise. And yes, we did walk around the room with books on our heads on that <laughs> one. And that was pretty fun. But um just throughout it, and then some basic etiquette stuff, how to introduce people, um, how to actually put on a tea, a high tea, you mm. know, stuff like that, uh, how to set a table correctly. So this book is just really practical, Okay. you know, more than fun to read, which I did try to put some funny stories in it and some things that, you know, I had experienced to kind of make it interesting because it can, you know, that kind of stuff can kind of get boring. And mm-hmm. then 
I actually had to, because I did it as a class, I had to have a workbook, of course. Mm -hmm. And this was just kind of a fun thing to put together for um, for my students. And what what I and this book actually, um, I gave the rights to copy anything in it, mm. so someone could buy this book, teach it as a class to their youth or something, right. and they can actually copy the pages on here and pass them out. They don't have to gotcha. buy twelve books yeah. or however many. That's awesome. And it's you know it's a little bit of fill in the blank and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know stuff like that. So that's what this book was, um, and this kind of got me off. Um, kind of hitting hit, I hitting the ground running kind of thing. This is your launch point. <laughs> it really was yeah. because um, Margie, my friend, she she really stuck her neck out cuz she had no idea if I was a terrible writer, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And when when headquarters accepted it and wanted to sell it in their bookstore, I was elated. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. Um I was scared. I was afraid they, you know, people would say, this is the dumbest book, you know. Right. And then they'd say, we don't want any more, you know. But it was actually my best seller for a long time because it fit a niche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that is kind of the key to writing something. I have a very dear friend that I, I toss my ideas to. Mm-hmm. And I was wanting to do something here a couple of years ago, I had the title of the book, and I kind of knew what direction I was going to go, but I thought, I'm going to ask her what she thinks about me writing this book. And so I asked her, and when we were at a conference together, mm-hmm. and she she just looked at me, and she said, well, let me ask you a question. And I said, okay. She said, what are you going to say that's not already been said? Mm. And you know what? I tossed that idea right. because it had been well covered. Yeah. It had been covered well. And so, you know, I think if, you, if you've if you got an idea, you know, that nobody else has covered yet, yeah. you know, sometimes we there's tons of ideas out there. And there's tons of things to write about yeah. that people are just waiting to hear. Right. Especially personal experiences mm. that you've had. Um, that's huge, you know. Now, that's kind of where... I come up with this workbook. This is a this is a, a wedding planner, mm. and it's an odd shape. It's smaller than most wedding planners because, uh, and my daughter is the the face on the front. <laughs> Isn't she pretty? <laughs> I looked and looked and looked for a pretty modest bride, and I couldn't find one. And uh, and I was in my office, and I turned around and I saw Miranda's picture, mm. and I thought. You know what? She's my daughter. Sure, she is. <laughs> but she's a modest, beautiful yeah. bride. And so, yeah, she, she, cool. she was my, my, my model for that. She about <laughs> died when she saw her picture <laughs> on the front of my book. But she did help me with this book um, because when she was getting married, which was just before this came out, of course, um, she had this big, huge planner, wedding planner. Mm-hmm. Well, she couldn't take it with her to the store to get, you know, swatches of fabric and you know take it to the florist it was just too big to take to all those places right and she said mom we need something that's smaller and mm. i thought okay yeah you know i i have a need yep. and then um she said and it would really be cool if it was small enough to fit in your purse and it would really be cool if it had a spiral bound so that wherever you're at and whatever you're you're doing you, you just could just say where it is yeah yeah, yeah. and so um i 
I went to a couple of my friends that were um, wedding planners, mm-hmm. people, sure. wedding planners, yeah. and um, they helped me uh, write write this book. And um, so we put everything in it that a big planner would have yeah. and some of the things that was in my Social Graces book. Um, and... Yeah, and I think it wasn't a big seller, but it's been a great gift to give to New Bride. So that's kind of what I do mostly with that one, yeah. you know. Um, but but number number one, I think the thing that really inspired me about writing, and I always wanted to be a speaker. I, mm. I love speaking. I love teaching. I love preaching. I, I just enjoy doing yeah. that. And, and I thought that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a conference speaker. You know, well, after I was away from home a couple of times, I thought, oh, I don't really want to do this for a living. I, you know, this, it, I don't like being away from home. Right. But I read somewhere when s- someone said that you can speak to a thousand people, but when you write, you can write to the world. Mm. Yeah. And your, your, your outreach is so much broader and wider reading. Yeah you know, for people to read your work. And so that really inspired me. And I thought, whatever I want to get out there to preach, if I have something really burning on my heart, then write a book. Because that's what it's going to produce a good book because you're passionate about it, you know. And whatever you're good at, you know. If you're really good at at raising kids, you you know, these people that have had 12 kids, they need to write a book <laughs> because we, you know, we would all value yeah. how they handled 12 different kids, right. you know, how, what did they do when they needed to, you know, have a date night, you know, how did they work all that? Right. And so stuff like that, I think personal experiences is really, yeah. really good. I heard you're think, kind of thinking about writing a book. I am writing a book. Yeah. yeah. Good segue. So I, uh, I am writing a book. I'm putting... A, a, I told Pastor today, actually, I put a timeline on it. And there is an end point to mm. this because it needs to happen. I'm only a chapter away. So I'm really close. It's called That's Busy awesome. But With Intent. Awesome. So being busy but intentional about it. Yeah. You know? And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a first for me, my first book. So it's a new experience. But I get what you mean. Um, to, to write about something you're passionate about mm. is so much easier. Uh, you know, than to write, you know, an, a 12-page essay over a topic so you get something in school. Yes, definitely. You know, yeah. I, I've noticed that the passion you have for it, it just helps drive. You know, you get this this amount of ideas rolling in your head. And I think that's the mm-hmm. cool thing about writing. Like you were talking about writing from experience. Um, you know, I, I, if you don't know me, I'm kind of introverted. I don't like, you know, I don't know if I'd be able to you know, preach at NAYC or something like that. Like it just be a lot for me, um, you know, and I've grown from then, but like to sit down and to write is really easy for me, you know, but that is a way, like you said, to get your, your words out to yeah. not just the congregation that you are in front of, but, you know, worldwide. And I think that, that, that not only is in writing, but that's across the line, you know, social media, podcasts, what we're doing today. You know, and to use a tool like writing to, to spread, you know, what you want to spread is so encouraging. And I think it's 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 kind of empowering almost. It, it makes it you is. feel like you have the ability to, to help others and, and to, to be beneficial in some sense of the way when really you couldn't do it by your hands right then and there. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, no, that's encouraging. I'm excited about it. Uh, we, we were talking about 
um, you know, the, the, the process of, of writing, you were talking about, you don't have to be a publisher. You, uh, you don't have to go to a publisher, but you could be self-published yourself. Uh, and I think today and age, the more I've gotten into it, the more I realize there are a lot of options to publish a book oh, yourself. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's almost a competition online. I've noticed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you can almost get overwhelmed with like yes. all the opportunities <laughs> to do it. Uh, and it's not as pricey as, you know, pastor was talking to me about it, you know, years and years and years ago, it was, it was kind of pricey to get your book out there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just not like that now. And so I think right now is the best time to write a book than it's ever been. Uh, and, and, and I, we can talk about genres, right? You know, fictional, non-fictional, you know, historical, you know, uh, all mystery. You mm-hmm. know, I, I grew up <laughs> reading mysteries. I loved mysteries. Um, you know, and I, for someone like me, I'm a very visual person. I like to sit there and be stimulated with my eyes, mm-hmm. uh, with just processing video content. But the more I've gotten older and the more I've realized the beneficial of book, it is something relaxing to sit down and read a book, mm-hmm. uh, to, to let your mind just focus on the words. But I think the genre is important to impact different people, obviously. And so you have gone down the route of children's books, uh, which is really cool. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know very many people that write children's books. So to <laughs> know someone that does is really cool. Uh, but what about... Would you take a second and talk about you kind of your why you decided to write you know, children's books and, and kind of the process of that? Well, um, my dad was a storyteller, mm. Robert Bibb. He was a storyteller, and he would um, he would tell us stories and just make them up off the top of his head. That's probably where I got that <laughs> that <laughs> habit. Yeah, um, and. Um, I always intended to write one of his stories that he told us. And one of my favorite ones that he told us was about a little bee. Mm. And his name was Little Joe. And and he was the littlest bee in the hive. So, you know, his brothers would run off without him and go, you know, get pollen and whatever. And um, so um, I intended to write that. Well, then when my granddaughters came along, um, I started telling them stories, and on one Christmas, I decided to take those stories that I had told them mm-hmm. and make a book out of it, and that's okay. where I started, and I still intend to do my dad's, Yeah. but um, that's where Wooby and Monkey came. That's I, I would like to introduce you to sure. Wooby and Monkey. <laughs> okay. So this is Wooby and Monkey. Wooby now, and monkey. Th- this isn't just any old giraffe and monkey. <laughs> These are the, the little stuffed animals that my granddaughters could not sleep without. Oh, really? Now, Wooby is a giraffe. Uh-huh. I do not know where Wooby, the word Wooby came from, <laughs> but he was one of those little blanky things with a little head on the top, yeah. you know, and, and you could rattle it. Yeah, yeah. And he was a giraffe, okay. and she slept with him every night. Then Monkey, my second one, that was Madison. My second one, Savannah, um, I bought her a little draggly monkey <laughs> it wasn't very big at all sure. when she was little and she she sucked on the the foot of that monkey so much that his little foot almost fell off really? but she could not go anywhere without monkey and so that's where I got the characters sure. and then I wanted to write them a book and this is the first one that I wrote in, uh, for them um, and I did it's got a lot of um, pictures in it. I, it's a picture book. 
Right. Okay, let me see if I can open this and let you see a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's very, I wanted it full page pictures. Yeah. I wanted the words to be big. I didn't want there to be a lot of words. But this is just clip art. This isn't, you know, I, I need a, I do need a, a uh, illustrator that would yeah. actually draw these because it's kind of hard to, 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 um, what what's it called when you publish not publish but when you get it out there promote it oh promote yeah, yeah. because I I did buy the clip art but mm -hmm. I don't know how many how much rights I have right to it. and I'm sure it'll be a bestseller one of these days yeah. oh yeah <laughs> but that's how I started writing children's books uh -huh. and I I really went through a lot of you can go to the library and learn what words kids can write and read at a certain age yeah. and I figured out what age I wanted that book That's and then really I smart. went through yeah. and then you use those words um, to tell your story Wow! so that was a little bit of research that I had to do um, mine are actually are books that are designed for parents to read to their children mm. but still you can't get too deep with children right you know so yeah that's how I started that that's how I came to do children's books. Oh, so that's really cool. it's a process. It's it's in progress too. Yeah. <laughs> process in progress. <laughs> no, it's really cool because I, I you know being foster parents and stuff like that. You know, I finally get the opportunity, and that's one of our processes. You mm -hmm. know, we have a bedtime routine. If it's strayed at all from the bedroom, it's a, it's a big fiasco. So yes. you got to go through the routine. Yes. And one of those things is to sit down and read a book. She gets yeah. to pick out a book. We have a bookshelf full of books. Uh, she usually has her favorites, but. You know, every once in a while, she'll grab a random one. We'll sit down and we'll, we'll read to her. Uh, but I think that's really cool, you know, to get that. And, and not only is it not only is it sometimes educational for, for the kids, sometimes it's it's beneficial. It, it teaches good values, but it's also a moment where you can sit down with your child and spend that time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that story spelling time. Uh, it's valuable time. Yeah. You know, I remember growing up. You know, as young as I was, I still remember. You know, being read a book. To, mm -hmm. you know there was a the hungry caterpillar or what's it called the, the very hungry caterpillar <laughs> oh, it's a really famous one that was my favorite book when yeah. I growing up and my mom gave it to me just recently a couple months ago yeah because she found it in her storage and I thought that was so cool <laughs> uh, but you just don't forget those things yeah so yeah, yeah. I think that's really cool that you're and doing you have a Christian based one is it's yeah it's amazing this um this one um the first one was Wooby and Monkey become friends, and, and it's about how they met each other. Sure. But it's also about friendship and okay. how to be kind to each other. And then, well, and then it le leads into the second one, which is uh, Wooby and Monkey share kindness. Okay. So they, they've connected with each other, but then they learn how to be nice to other people. Yeah. And then um, Wooby and Monkey have tea, and that was just one where... They're hungry and they're looking for food, and and a friendly raccoon comes along and invites them to tea, and right. you know it's 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 fun writing for kids, you know. Yeah, kids. and I think it's cool because you know I I think some people they author in a specific you know demographic, and then that's what they stay and that's what they're comfortable with. But I'm noticing more sitting down with you the the variety <laughs> of demographics that you write to, which is really cool. Uh, so do you do a, a little older than that as well? Yes, I did. Um, yes, I did some that's like from nine to fourteen, mm -hmm. and this is the Posh series, um, and 
I, I just got two of them out. But what, what posh means is princess on the outside and servant in the heart. Mm. And it was just some little things that I wanted to share. It kind of was a spinoff of social graces. Yeah, okay. So posh, graceful girl was the first one and forever um, friends was the second one. And it just kind of takes a young person through a situation that they you know work out yeah you know so um how to be graceful how to you know handle yourself and how to be modest and sure. and then forever friends was how to make friends and keep them and be friendly so that was the the ones that i um started on that one and that was pretty fun yeah it's fun to do they're just little you know little books i think it'd be beneficial you know i'm not there yet to have a kid that old but i can only imagine I, this, I grew up in a family full of brother, uh, you know, boys. So I wouldn't know the first thing. You know? Well, so you know, I did think about that. I yeah. thought, you know, the boys need something like that, you yeah. know, like to show them how to tie a tie the first time they wear a tie. You'd be or, surprised. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, that's cool. So we, we went from kids to, to <laughs> preteens, you know, and then to like, you know, so we here at Life Church, we, we use curriculum for our adult Bible life classes. We've done it for a while, mm-hmm. uh, the UPCI curriculum. And, uh, you know, I have been blessed, whether you look at it as a good thing or a very scary thing, to teach your lessons that you've wrote before, <laughs> not knowingly sometimes. And then I, you're, you come to me, you're like, you know, I wrote that and I just didn't see you, you translate it that way. I'm like, well, hopefully it was the right it way. Was perfect. That, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, you write for like, you know, the, the God's word for life and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Kind of tell us the experience and, and how you feel about, you know, writing these opportunities to for other people to disciple a congregation? Well, it's challenging because it's really not my forte or my style, mm-hmm. but I felt like it was an opportunity. And so um, the, the uh, I think this might be the, the adult lesson guide uh, for winter 2122. Um, and I've, I've written for these. I My favorite part to write for, for these, and I did one whole... Um, one whole uh, quarter was to write the um, the connection story. Okay, yeah. So you can you can take the biblical story and and the sky is the limit. The sky is the limit in um, <laughs> I can make up a story. <laughs> I can you know I can you know grab something from way back in the 1800s. You yeah. know, or I can go to the news and find something current and right. and just something to connect them. Relatable. Yeah, 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 like an illustration. Sure. And I enjoyed that. But when they asked me to do some lesson lessons, I was very intimidated. Uh-huh. I mean, and if you look at some of them at the front of the book, you'll see a list of these people that, you know, write for these. And the list was like people that had masters in theology and, yeah. you know, doctors and, you know, all, <laughs> all these things. And I just felt like I was, you know, the peon of the group. But, oh. um, but somewhere I was able to find a niche, perhaps. Sure. I, don't, I don't really know why they keep asking me. No, they're really good. But I I enjoy doing it. I really do enjoy doing it now, now that I've done it, you know, for several years. And honestly, when our pastors here preach a lesson that I've written, I love it because it takes on their personality. And that's that's what 
that's the what they designed this yeah, for right. not to follow it word for word right. but to take some ideas out of it and make it your own yep. and that's what i meant when i was complimenting <laughs> you because it was like oh that is so cool i yeah. never even thought of it that way yeah so that's, no, that's the really value cool. with that and you talk about intimidation just imagine you know your pastor <laughs> your two of the people that you know have mentored you through your life these distinguished authors and now i'm writing a book you talk about intimidating well the pastor reads it i don't know <laughs> let let me say on the other side, you just can't imagine how proud we are yeah. when, when we see, you know, our young people growing up and yeah. becoming writers and becoming speakers. Yeah. And it does thrill our hearts, you know, because if we don't put into the younger generation, if mm. we don't put into them, right. everything that we have dies with us. And that's not God's way. That's sure. not what he wanted us to do. Sure. You know, he wanted us to go into all the world yeah. and preach the gospel. And I think that means even gen- genres and, yep. you know, races and, you mm-hmm. know, passing all different kinds of barriers, not just around the world, on the other side of the world, which is, you know, take it literally, that's mm-hmm. what it means. But he wanted us to just not exclude anyone. Yeah. And I think writing gives you that opportunity yeah. to, you know, see what you can do with, you know, with a situation that you're not. And that that brings me to this this book, my most recent book, um, Be Anxious for Nothing. Um, I've actually never had a problem with depression. Okay. And I, I don't say that knock on wood. I Maybe I'm just too shallow. <laughs> I don't know. But I'd rather have a good time, you know, than to, right. to focus on what, what I'm going through. Yeah. But um, I was working with a woman um, back when we were um, pastoring before we went to Stockton. And she had manic depression. Mm. I'd never heard of it. I didn't know that people got it. I didn't know if it was a virus I didn't know what it was but she struggled so much with it and she was on um, so much medication she was very overweight mm. uh, she was going to a psychiatrist um, and there they would just give her more medication like yeah. she was taking something because she couldn't sleep mm. so they gave her something so she could sleep well then she couldn't she when she'd wake up in the morning she didn't want to get out of bed she didn't want to do anything so they gave her something to perk her up so that yeah, she could wow. you know and then she started gaining weight so they gave her diet pills and then you know and then she was freaking out over the littlest things so they gave her relaxers for her brain and then she was like you know felt like she was just floating around so it she i don't know how many medications she was on but she came to me desperate she was just you know, so, so desperate. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I felt like, you know, the Lord wanted to heal her, but I didn't know where to start because I couldn't, I couldn't relate. And, right. and so I would start praying for her. And, um, and I have the story of her at the beginning of this book. Um, I just started praying for her and I said, God, I don't know what to tell her. I, I can't fix her. I don't, I don't know how to fix her. Yeah. And so, one, I don't know if it was the night or the morning when I woke up, but I got this ingenious idea. And I, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, give her one more prescription. I was mm. like, she's <laughs> not going to, she's not going to receive yeah. that. And he said, this is a different kind of prescription. Right. She, she will take through her heart, not through her mouth. 
And then, and then he impressed me to find an encouraging scripture and print it on, you know, an eight and a half by 11. And I did it with a matrix printer, (laughs) you know, the little dot matrix. And I made a little, a little border around it. And I put the scripture on there and, and, um, and I took it to her a couple of days later. And I told her, I said, Jeannie, I want you to, I'm, I've got another prescription for you. And I did see her, she, her face just fell, mm-hmm. like not another prescription. And I said, well, this one is different. This one's from God. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. And I said, I want to give this scripture to you. It's like taking a pill. I said, but this is going to go into your heart. And what I want you to do is take this scripture. I want you to put it on your refrigerator. And every morning when you get up and you go in there to make your coffee or whatever, I want you to read it out loud and do that every day this week. Hmm. And when you're done with this one, I'll bring you another one. Well, we did that for, for quite a few times, you know, and, and it encouraged me to start a an encouragement Bible, yeah. which I bought a little pink, or someone gave me a little pink Bible, and I started highlighting the encouraging scriptures I was giving to Jeannie right. um, in pink. <laughs> in my Bible. That's a girl thing. I'm right. sure you yeah. don't do that. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that encouragement Bible, it, um, it got to be more and more scriptures and more and more. And as I started doing some research for Jeannie, um, I realized how how many scriptures in the Bible were there to help her get through some of the things she was going through. It wasn't to take the place of her doctor's orders, but it was something that would supplement what she was doing and maybe give her strength to come off of some of the medication, you know, with her doctor. And so that's how that began. And then over the years, I would just add more and more scriptures to that list. Mm -hmm. Um, I spoke one time um, at a lady's um, retreat about, um, just let me encourage you. And I just took those scriptures and just started reading them, you know, just one right after the other. And and the presence of the Lord just come in there, and women were just weeping, and and the the word is powerful. I didn't yeah. hardly say five words. It was me. for itself. Yeah, yeah, it really does. So the Lord has been dealing with me for over forty years. My yeah, probably over forty years, uh, close to forty years. Yeah. To write a book because I would I passed out manuscripts left and right. I passed them out, passed them out. I had, you know, they were like eight pages of mm. scriptures yeah. and 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 the Lord really wanted me to, to write a book but I just didn't know where to start yeah. and when I did finally um, write the book what I did was I categorized all of the scriptures into how how somebody who's depressed feels mm. so that when they're depressed they can go to that chapter and read what the Word says about it and find encouragement and strength. Because, you know, we can talk to people all day long and counsel them all day long. But, you know, God's Word is powerful, Justin. Mm -hmm. It's powerful, and I know you know that. But some people don't realize how powerful it is until they give it a try. 
you know. And um, I just, let me just say an experience. Um, Before the book came out, my daughter, she was struggling in, you know, she's been on a podcast and shared some Mm -hmm. of her testimony with you. And she was struggling with some depression. And so I took my manuscript (laughs) and I gave it to her and I just said, you know, maybe this will help you. And she ate it up. I mean, she, it was dog-eared. I mean, she, it was her lifeboat, her life vest. And she told me, you know, she said, oh, mama, she said, I don't know what I'd have done without that, those words of God, you know. And so um, when the book came out, she, um, I did a promo on Facebook and she responded and said, she said, oh, mama, I'm so excited. She said, this book saved my life. And I thought about that, and I thought, I'm so glad that I decided to do it. And, you know, it came out just before the pandemic, the Christmas before pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So that is this book. This is Be Anxious for Nothing. This is my latest one that I've written, and and it's definitely a, a... a reference book, not yeah. a not a research book, right. but a reference book, and it's been very very popular. Um, I probably give as many as I sell <laughs> <laughs> to people that really you know need them. But sure. um, yeah, that that book is taking a long time to write, but it's yeah. mostly the word. Right, it's mostly the word, and you know, and I'm big on praying the word and you know, how powerful the word is. Um, I thought about doing a book on praying the word, but there's books out there already. Yeah. Why reinvent the wheel? Right. You know? And so that was, that was uh, how Be Anxious for Nothing came along. And when you buy the book, um, you can read the whole story of Jeannie in it, you know. And so I, I believe in the power of the word. Sure. It's, you know, and I, I, want, I, I can't share that enough speaking but I can get a book out and and reach many many more people with that powerful principle yeah of the word you know no that's really good and my my wife goes nuts about that book and I've read it a few times or a couple things like I needed trust me and it's very beneficial so I I encourage whoever's listening if if that seems like something that you're interested in you feel like you need to uplift uh this book is that so I think it'd be good, and we're wrapping it up. We're running out of time here, but um, to kind of let the viewer or or here <laughs> know kind of how to get their hands on these books, because I, I just know that if you're here at Life Church and you come and visit us, and please do uh, here in Gilbert, Arizona, uh, we have a little bookshelf store uh, right next to the prayer room, uh, right outside the door. Uh, if you've never checked it out, I encourage whoever's listening, check it out. It's it's kind of cool uh, to see all the, 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 the amount of wealth of knowledge that's available at the fingertips of, of these congregates here at Life Church. But you can get it online. Um, you want to kind of promote where to find your books? Well, there's a couple of different ways that you can get it online. Um, the first way is you can go to our church website, which is lifechurchaz.net. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Okay. No. Yes. Lifechurchaz.azlife.church. Azlife.church. Azlife. We changed it. <laughs> Azlife.church. Yeah, they've changed it. And my brain is too old to But you can go there and and there's a resources um button at the top yep. and you can you can 
um, order any of our books that Pastor Boffman and I have written, any of those. Um, or you can go to Boffman Group, um, Boffman Group Ministries, all one word, dot com. Mm-hmm. And you can go there and buy them. And you you can pay through PayPal or a credit card. Sure. Or, um, and we run, we run um, specials from time to time. We just yeah. finished our Easter special where if you bought My Be Anxious for Nothing, you got a littler book called uh, Leaving a Legacy for Free, you know. So that we do that every now and then, you know, and that's kind of fun to do, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah. And, and of course, you can, you know, if you're uh, connected with me on Facebook, just, you know, ask me how to do it <laughs> or message me or something, you know. Sure. So, yeah, we, we, we love doing it. We love getting it out there. Um, but more than anything, the, the reward is, and I'll just say this in, in wrapping up, the reward is when somebody comes to you and tells you that there was something in your book that changed their life. And that yeah. is the most that's the most rewarding thing <laughs> that you can hear. I don't hear it often, sure. but when I do, I just it makes me just yeah. want to fall on my knees and, that's awesome. and just you know say, God, I I'm so glad I listened to you. I was you had to really talk to me on that one, yeah. you know. Yeah, so. no, you do a really great job at. It. So we we appreciate you being on and promoting such Thank a thing because I mean there might be some people first time they come to Life Church that don't really know the amount of wealth at their fingertips that they can gather. Uh, but get the opportunity to speak with the author themselves and kind of their insight on why they wrote it in the first place. I think it gives a different insight uh, to what this book's all about. So thank you, Pastor Gayla Boffman, <laughs> for being on our LCI podcast today. And uh, we thank you so much for taking the time to write and to minister to us through words. This has been a joy to be here on. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. God bless you. We want to say thank you so much for joining our LCI podcast today. We hope that something today in the conversation ministered to your heart. And if it did and you enjoyed it, be sure to share with your friends. Also, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell. That way you're notified every time a new episode is uploaded. Also, if you're listening to this, be sure to give us a follow. That way you're notified as well. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We're looking forward to the next episode and God bless.